Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He gives the reason why a few verses later. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So they go back. He said, wait a few days. It turned out to be 10 days. 10 days later, there's 120 of them. They're gathered in the temple every day waiting. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, this is your day. This is your message. And Father, I just pray you'd hide me behind the cross and God, that you'd be able to do everything that you want to do in this place. Have your way, we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. So we do the four core values in January. We did come as you are. We did connect with God. We did connect with one another. And today, probably the distinctive of City Church is contending for more of God's presence. Usually, on the evening that I do this one, I do a special Sunday night on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why a separate night is there's just a lot of wounds out there in the body of Christ around the baptism of the Holy Spirit, around speaking in tongues. And people feel like if I don't do it, then I'm, not, I'm less than, or it, it just all kinds of People have been prayed for and it didn't happen or it didn't happen the way they thought it would. And, and so it's just easier to do it at a different time. And if you want to come, come. And if you don't want to come, don't want to come. That's fine. And, and of course, today was going to be a family Sunday. So I'm like, of course, we're going to do it at night. And I just felt like the Lord said, no, I, I want to baptize children in the, in the Holy Spirit. I, I, want, I, want, I want this to be open to everybody. I want, I want to pour out my spirit. And so here we are, Sunday morning, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, point one. Point one is a second experience. In John 20, 22, Jesus is raised from the dead. He's meeting with the disciples, and the Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the same root word as Genesis 2-7 where God breathed life into man. This is, this is God making man born again, bringing the spirit of man back to life. Then, before he leaves, Jesus says this, go and wait to receive this gift, this baptism. This, the word baptism means to immerse, to be overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. And he says, this one is for power, not to save you. 
power to be witnesses. This is what the second experience is about. So they go back, they wait, they get filled with this power, they speak in tongues, Peter stands up and preaches, and 3,000 people get saved in that first day. That is the fulfillment of Pentecost. Pentecost, you celebrated the early harvest coming in. Pentecost is not about the prayer language, it's not about the gifts of the Spirit. It's about power to be a witness so that a harvest can come in. Why two experiences? And is this really, why would the Holy Spirit come into experience? I don't know. Jesus, in Luke one thirty-five, when Mary said, how will this be? The angel says, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And I don't think anyone questions that Jesus had the Holy Spirit from birth. He, when he was 12, he's got that anointing that teaches him all things, and, and they're asking him all these questions. But Jesus has a second experience. When he is 30 years old, he's baptized in water, and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and this is the beginning of his public ministry. He doesn't do any miracles until he's 30. And when the Holy Spirit comes in power, his public ministry begins. Jesus gave two pictures of the Holy Spirit. One is in John 4, 14. He said, whoever believes in me is going to have a well within him that springs up to eternal life. Every single believer has the Holy Spirit. Every believer has this well that has everything you need for salvation. It has uh, the anointing that teaches you stuff. It has all the fruits of the Spirit. Everything you need for you is in your salvation, and the Holy Spirit in you is this well within you. Then he gives a second picture in John chapter 7 of the well overflowing to be this river flowing out of us, and that is whoever's thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his innermost being will flow out rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed were later to receive. One is the well within, one is the river flowing out. So here is my story of two experiences. I got saved through the Baptist Student Union um, when I was in college. I was, I was in the business school here in Madison and got saved. I was being discipled by a couple of guys that were great guys and uh, whatever they did, I did. I followed them wherever they went. They told me I needed to memorize scripture. I memorized scripture. They told me I needed to read this. I would read that. They told me I needed to be up in the morning praying. I would. They would usually come and wake me up, and we would do it together. I mean, they were very serious about discipleship. And so when they said we're going over to Midvale Baptist Church, church on the west side, I'm like, oh, you know, get in the car. Let's do this. And so that's what we did on Sunday. And one Sunday, we went early to Sunday school there. And that particular Sunday, there was a, a, a teacher. His name was Dave. And he, he had just this brilliant light on his face. He just was this amazing Christian guy. And he says, uh, today, I am going to tell you about a second experience I had with the Holy Spirit. 
And he tells us about these friends that said there was more, and they went on this trip to Florida, and on their way back, they stopped at this hotel, and he said, I, 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 want, I want the second experience. And so they laid hands on him, and he began to speak in tongues, and, and then Dave went on to say that he thought that everybody could have a prayer language, and everybody could have this second experience. And when we left there, my two leaders were very angry. They were like, the Holy Spirit is a person. You get him when you're saved, and you don't have second experiences with him, and period. And so they were angry. And so I became angry. I'm like, yeah, who's, we've got the Holy Spirit. Nobody's going to tell me I need more. Da, da, da. And I just, I, I kind of liked an argument. I kind of liked that posture of being kind of against things. Anyway, um, and so, uh, so I'm just, I'm just very sure that we've got the right way to do it and the right way to think about this. And everybody, I mean, the First Corinthians 12 says that Tongues is just one of the gifts, so everybody can't speak in tongues. There's just one gift, and da-da-da, and so we're like, I'm just locked in. And so in the summer, I went back to Milton. I was part of a, a group called Campus Life. I mean, I had just gotten saved, but I had visited it when I was in high school, and so now I'm saved. I want to be at this thing, and one of the leaders, his name is John, just a very soft-spoken, gentle guy, and he says to me, he says, Tom, I do not want to have an argument with you, but I, I want you to read this book. Just read this book. And the, and the name of the book was Smith Wigglesworth, An Apostle of Faith. So I go home. I will never forget this night. My mom and dad are having bridge club downstairs, so I can hear them chatting downstairs. And I am reading this book, and I am absolutely stunned it is about this guy who was a plumber in England. Around the turn of the century, he got saved uh, through the Salvation Army. And they, him and his wife, Polly, started a mission. And Polly was the preacher. And he would go out and bring them in. And he just wanted souls to be saved. And when Azusa Street happened here, it went over to England. And, and so late in the, the 1908 area, he finds out that there are people in England speaking in other tongues. And he has read about it in the Bible. And he's like, I'm going up there. I want to get those tongues. I've read about it in the Bible. I want to, I want to see what it's like. And so he goes up there and spends a week in these meetings where they're, where they're talking about this baptism of the Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And he is just, he is absolutely convinced that they have no more of God than he has and that this is this isn't for him. But the day before he leaves, the vicar's wife says, you know, you traveled all this way. Why don't you just let me pray for you? And so he's like, I guess that couldn't hurt. So she, she prays for him and waves of the Holy Spirit come on him. He begins speaking in this other language and, and he has a vision of the cross and just a very, very defining moment with the Holy Spirit. So he goes back and he tells his wife, Polly, that he has had this second experience. And she says, you're not going to tell me you have more of the Holy Spirit than I have. She said, we'll see, you're speaking tonight. Well, to this point, he couldn't, he couldn't speak. Whenever he would go up to speak, he would read the scripture, cry, and say, that's all I have, and sit down. And so Polly always had to preach because he just couldn't get it out. He'd get up there and he just couldn't, couldn't get it out. So that day, he gets up and he starts speaking. And Polly's in the back row and she's just saying, Lord, what have you done with my Smith? What have you done with my Smith? Anyway, he begins this healing ministry 
And honestly, the glorious miracles of, of the, the blind seeing and the deaf hearing and limbs growing out, during his ministry, eight people were raised from the dead and it went to every continent. I mean, he's going to America, to Australia. In Europe, they, they forbid him praying for the sick. So he would have these healing meetings where you would just lay your hand on yourself and God would just start healing people when he would just release healing. It's just, just beautiful. And, and it's, they're playing bridge downstairs. I'm upstairs. I am just weeping all the way through this book. And I get to the end of the book and two things strike me about this book. The first is, this is a completely different Christianity than I'm experiencing. My Christianity is all about me. It's all about my discipline, my, my this, my that, my evangelism, my memorization, my me, 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 me. I do a lot in my Christianity and God does very little. And this was this joy. And I was kind of angry about Christians. Why aren't Christians doing more? And why can't everybody be as holy as I am? And I mean, I just kind of had that little chip of performance on me. And, and, but this was a different Christian. This was filled with joy. This was a, God did a lot in this Christianity. God was doing stuff all the time. And, and it, the emphasis wasn't on what he was doing. It was on what God was doing through him. That was the first thing that stuck out. And then the second thing that stuck out is this actually seems more like what the Bible says than what I'm doing. When I read the book of Acts, it sounds a lot like this guy more than it did, did what we're currently, currently doing. So I just decided, uh, I'm going to believe this. I don't care what anybody else believes, but I'm going to believe this. So this is just this new, there, there's more out there. I don't know where to get it, but there is more. And, and so uh, we, were, we were traveling um, our church, I was going to a little Baptist church in Milton, and we had, it was a baptism day. Well, we didn't have our own baptism. So we go to this neighboring church to borrow their baptismal, and there is a tract that says the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I am like, oh my, I need to read this. And it's about D.L. Moody. And it, after the Chicago fire, he goes to New York, and these ladies are, they said, we're, we're praying for you. He said, you mean you're praying for my crusades? Thank you for praying for my crusades. She said, no, no, we're praying for you. We're praying that you'll have an experience with the Holy Spirit. And he, he's like, okay. Um, and anyway, he has this mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit, this second experience to empower for witness and of course, Moody Bible College today, you, you, they will not tell that story nor have that doctrine. Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm on this journey and I'm just like, I am primed for more. And so the Campus Life group has this uh, Bible study. Larry Schultz is the leader of it. He still leads it to this day. And, and uh, I get invited to it and it's me and six teenage guys. And we're, we're together and Larry starts out the meeting and he says this. Tonight, I'm going to tell you about a second experience I've had with the Holy Spirit. My, my heart starts pounding. And he tells his experience. He gives us some of the same verses that Dave had given. And he gets to the end of the night. And he says, uh, he says, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. And he just says it this way. He says, I would not tell you about this experience without giving you a chance to have the same experience. If, if you want this experience, raise your hand. I'm just, I, I could not get my hand up high enough. I'm just like, me, me, 
And apparently all six of the other teenagers wanted it too because when we open our eyes, he says, all right, here's what we're going to do. And he prays this prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and asked Jesus to fill us. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to speak in tongues. I'm supposed to be speaking in tongues because that's what I've read about. And so, so it's got something to do with his tongue. And so I got my tongue out like this. And I'm trying to get it to do stuff. I'm like, uh... Uh, and these little, and these ungrateful kids all get it right away. They're all just, they're just going in tongues. And I'm over here mooing like a cow. And I, I want it way more than they do. But I, I, I'm trying to get it. And, and uh, so, so the, when the night is over, I go over to Larry and I, and I say, you know, Larry, I know this is a gift. I know I've received the gift. I said, but I don't think I have tongues. He said, yeah, I don't think so either. Gotta love the confirmation. But he said, don't worry about it. He said, he said it will come. He said, you know, there, you might have been under some stress. And so, so just, just let it come. And so I'm driving home. And of course, I had heard tongues. I had heard Larry speaking in tongues. I'd heard these kids, ungrateful kids. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so I just started speaking. And I, I start slow, and then I'm just thinking, maybe this is it. And then I'm going faster and faster and faster, and I, I, I'm just so excited. I get home, I call Larry, I'm like, Larry, I received it. Listen, this is what happened this way. He said, that's it. You got it. You've got it. And I was just so excited, and I'm like, uh-oh. What if, what if I lose it in the night? I mean, I was worried about going to sleep, because what if I can't do it in the morning? I'm not, you know, you got to sleep at some point. So go to bed. Get up the next morning, first thought I have, I wonder if I can still do it. And so I start speaking in tongues. And then I have this thought, and it is just as clear as can be. Here's the thought. This is not God. This is just you. And I'm like, well, it sure sounds like me. I'm the one that started it. Doesn't feel that amazing. Yeah, probably is just me. And then I'm like, hey, but this is in the Bible. The reason why I'm doing this is because of the Bible. The Bible said this. And so I said to God, I'm not sure if this is you or not, honestly, but I'll make a deal with you. I'm not saying that we're supposed to do this. This is just, I'm a very young person at this time. I said, here's the deal. I am going to do this for one week. Now there is a verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, that says that the one that prays in a tongue will edify himself. Will, he will edify, he will charge himself up. I said, I'm going to do this for one week. If I am no different, I promise you I'll never do this again. So I just, I gave myself a one week pass. I don't have to, I don't have to doubt it for one week. For one week, I'm just going to do it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to figure it out. I don't just do it. And so, so I did. For one week, every time I was in the car by myself, I'd pray in tongues. I'd go to this Methodist church early in the morning and pray in tongues. I, I would, when I was working, I prayed under my breath. I hope nobody heard me, but you never know. Um, I, I'm not the most sensitive person to what other people are doing. Anyway, um, weekends. I am like this a burning fire for Jesus. This, the, one, of the, one of the kids in Campus Life said, it was like Tom was in, stuck in first gear, revving it. And, and when that experience happened, he just shifted into fifth and just everything just started flowing. And it was a different Christianity for me. It was exciting. It was alive. It was, 
I couldn't wait to read the Bible. I couldn't wait to worship. I couldn't wait to share with people. But I was going to have to go back to college. And I was in this Baptist group that I knew they didn't go that way. And I had had scheduled a, a new roommate and with a guy named Warren, and him and I were going to room together, and this is this is not going to go well. And so I'm I'm tr- we get we get there, and I tell Warren, I said, bro, I've got to share something with you. And and so at supper, I'm going to share something happened to me this summer. And 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 uh, and he's like, so we go down to eat, and he says, uh, he says, I want to hear what happened with you. He said, but before you share that, let me tell you what happened to me. And he had the exact same spirit experience that summer. He came back and got a prayer language and was all excited. And I'm like, are you kidding me, God? What are you doing? Two experiences. Everybody here that has accepted Christ has the Holy Spirit. Have you, are you in a satisfactory way, have you had a second experience where that river is flowing out of your innermost being? Today might be your day. So, point two. Last point, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, number one, thirsty, being thirsty. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty and comes to me and drinks, when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, I didn't fully appreciate the, the, the rest of the body of Christ. And so I'm just like, this is like the best kept secret in Christianity. Everybody needs this. And so I was kind of like a bull in the china shop telling everybody, every believer I could find, you need this, da, da. And I, it's not the best system where you try to force your thing on somebody else. And God, God used it. I, I can only imagine what God thought of it. But he's like, you know what? Let's, let's go ahead and bless that anyway. But I found out that this works a lot better when people are thirsty. When people have got to the end of their own thing and just want more and I'm desperate for more and I, 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 I need God to do something more. And when that is present, it's very easy to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's where I was. And so on this journey, we're all on a journey, maybe... Maybe this is your kairos today. Maybe you are in this place at this time and you are like, oh my, I have been waiting for this. This is, this is your day. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. And, and there, there's a second group. I don't know how much you've been around swimming pools, but have you noticed that everybody's got a different way of getting in a swimming pool? There are some people that don't really like water. So they bake on the side until they have to go in the pool because they're so hot. And they're in there not because they like water, but because they're so hot, they've got to get in. And, and then there's, there's this cautious group. My wife is certainly in this group where she can't just get in a pool. She's got to tip and then out. First step and then back out. Second step, stay away from me. Stay away, do not touch me. <laughs> Do not splash me. I'm getting in in my own way. And it's this process. It's a very cautious process. And, and then there's, there's this other group of people that just, they love water. They can't get in the pool fast enough. And they just, they just cannonball into the deep end right away. And if you are kind of that personality, and this is the first time you've heard about this, 
and you want to just do a cannonball, you are certainly welcome to get baptized in the Spirit today. You do not have to wait. You don't have to figure it all out doctrinally. You can just jump in today. If you are that cautious person that wants to make sure it's in the Bible and and we should all want only things that are in the Bible, I have got a much more at-length teaching that I usually do. And it's, we've got it on our website. It's under Tom Talks. It's called Let's Talk About the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. We also have it on CD if you want to pick that up. But go over every single scripture on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, on tongues, on objections and fears. And it covers in detail all of that. And if you're one of the uh, a more cautious person, I, I encourage you to not get prayed for today, but to go out and do some research and, and see Take the journey that God wants you to be on. So be thirsty. Is that being thirsty is, is important. Secondly, ask the Father with confidence for more of the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a reward for good behavior. In fact, it's the solution for bad behavior. <laughs> God, this is a gift that God gives to his children to help them overcome evil and, and overcome fear and overcome things and get this river flowing. And there's always some stories out there about somebody that had demonic tongues and people and so the devil did something and I don't want to I don't want to open myself up. Well, it's, Jesus already knew all that was going to happen. And that's why he says in the two verses before this, listen, if you ask, if your children ask you for bread, you're not going to give them a stone. And if they ask you for a fish, you're not going to give them a scorpion. And you're evil. And if you can give good gifts to your things, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit and only the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You do not have to fear. You are safe. God loves you. God wants good things for you. You're not going to get something bad if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Speaking in other tongues. This is the problem with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes people will say, I want the fullness, but I don't want tongues. Tongues is weird. Tongues is, seems foolish. And so want the power, don't want tongues. And I just think God decided to put tongues as like a stigma with the power. Like, I'm going to give you the power, but you're going to have to speak in tongues, and then people are going to think you're weird, and, and you'll get over it. God decided to put this together. On the day of Pentecost, there were 120. All 120 spoke in tongues. Jesus said, this sign will follow those that believe. Mark 16, 17. In my name, he who believes will cast out demons. Every single believer has authority over the devil. Not the pastor, not the apostle. Every believer has been given authority to cast out demons. Thank God. Then he says, and you will speak in new tongues. Why? (laughs) Why did God put this with it? There is, there's a gift of tongues that everybody will not have that is to be used publicly. We had one today. It's used publicly and it is interpreted and not everybody will have that public gift. But there is a private prayer language that is available for every 
believer. Paul talks about it. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I'd rather use five words of my regular language than 10,000 words in a tongue. Paul has the prayer language, not the public gift. Why would you want to speak in tongues? Paul, a few verses before that, Paul says, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Clearly they all didn't, but he wanted them to. Why? Because whoever prays in a tongue edifies or charges up himself. It's, it's this way that you can get into the spirit even when you're not in the mood. <laughs> the, the prayer language is, is something that you can use and for, for me, and this is why I desire this for everybody at City Church, I desire for you to have a prayer language because this has been such a blessing to me. Other than daily Bible reading, the second thing that has blessed my spiritual life more than anything else is the prayer language. I use my prayer language every single day. It builds me up. It edifies me. It gets me in the mood for the things of God. It, it, what, what, what are tongues? It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, that the one who speaks in a tongue speaks mysteries to God out of his spirit. His mind has no understanding. So it is a language the Holy Spirit communicates to God and bypasses your mind. Paul says in, in verse 14, chapter 14, he said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind has no understanding. What will I do then? I will pray both with my spirit and with my mind. The praying in tongues is the spiritual language. The Holy Spirit knows just what needs to be prayed for, and you can do it um, without, it's a rest. You don't have to engage your mind. We have a prayer meeting on Saturday nights, and the first half hour, we turn the lights down and I pace and pray in tongues for a half hour. Just let the Holy Spirit just fill me. And then by the time we're going in English, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to pray. Most or a lot of my sermon preparation, I, I will get all the Bible stuff done and then I will pray in tongues and let God change it. Let God, let, just let Holy Spirit come. Give me what you want to do, how you want to do it. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray. So last night, I was watching the Australian Open. We're, we're big tennis fans. And like any sporting event, I have a DVR. I am not a patient TV watcher. I do not like t commercials at all. And so I'm, I'm running that remote and I'm fast forward, fast forward. And I can't even like last between serves. I'm like, that point's over. Let's fast forward to the next serve. And so I'm using this thing a lot. And pretty soon it's not working. So, <clears throat> and then you know how things, when batteries are dying, they, it kind of half works. And so I have to go upstairs and see if we have any new batteries. And so I find some double A's and I get, the, I get these out and I hold them in this right hand while I get the new ones. And I wanna make sure that I do not mix these batteries. Why? Because all batteries look like they're brand new. Has anybody ever noticed that? There's nothing, they look exactly the same and I don't wanna mix them up because just because it looks new doesn't mean it's got a charge. So I, I get my new battery, I throw those away, I get the new ones in, everything's just really happy. Anyway, um, what, what's that mean? Here's what it means. Christians tend to all look Christian, but some have lost their charge. 
Just because you, you read the Bible and pray and go to work and ha- doesn't mean there's a charge inside. God wants a fire burning in his people. And he's given a means to renew ourselves. He's given us a means to charge ourselves up, to edify ourselves. And so, Pastor Tom, are you saying if somebody doesn't speak in tongues, they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I am not saying that. Here's what I am saying. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you could speak in tongues, (laughs) even if you choose not to. (laughs) And oftentimes, people do it once, and then they're like, that's stupid, I'm not doing that again. Or they try it again, and then it, I mean, the first five minutes of praying in English, you got to press through a little. And so if you only pray five minutes in tongues at a time, you're going to get filled with unbelief because you're not getting that breakthrough. You pray in tongues for an hour, it's hard to stop praying in tongues. Seriously, the, 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 river, the river gets flowing. And so speaking in tongues. And then lastly, persevere. I, I want to say this one, one last thing about tongues because just because of the way I thought about it. I was waiting for like a radio to get turned on inside of me. And all of a sudden, and that's not it at all. And some of the translations, they, uh, whoever was translating didn't understand. And they're like ecstatic tongues. Like this, it's this, uh, that's not it at all. They spoke in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. There is a part we play. The Holy Spirit will not force people to speak in tongues. As you step out, it's kind of like a baby learning to walk. As you start walking, all of a sudden you can walk. And no one taught you how. It just all of a sudden, it's there. And that's kind of how it is with the prayer language. If you don't open your mouth, you won't speak in tongues. I promise you that. And then the last thing is to persevere. We're all on a journey. People have got so much identity in... I've already been prayed for and it didn't happen. I guess God doesn't want it for me. Stop. You persevere a little. Press through your doubts. Press through the bad experience. Press through it. Let God give you everything he wants to give. And just because it doesn't all happen exactly the way you thought it would or at the, at the time or that it, you stumbled through it a little, my experience is, is if you, the more you persevere in something and then finally you get the breakthrough and it's, it's all there, you value it more because of the process that you were in. And so don't decide God doesn't love you because you already prayed for it and it didn't happen the way you thought it would. Persevere a little. Everybody's got a different story with this. I'm in Montevideo, Minnesota at Community Bible Church. I get a call one day and a block away is Calvary Baptist Church. It's the chairman of the board from the Baptist Church. And he says this. He says, Pastor, he said, I had a dream last night that I spoke in tongues. What am I supposed to do? He said, I think God might be inviting me to something. I'm like, bro, come to, come to the men's thing. We'll pray for you afterwards. So we, we get <laughs> with him afterwards and it's time to get prayed for. And I'm like, all right, now just start saying what you said last night in your dream. And boom, he was praying in the spirit. It was amazing. A couple of years ago, we got a guy over at the... Uh, at High Point, he's got a podcast, and he's let me tell the story before, so I'm sure he won't let mind me telling it again. And he had a podcast against charismatics because he had had some bad experiences. And Pastor Nick over there, a friend of mine, says, you know, to be fair, you should really have a charismatic on here that's not crazy. And so he, in, he invites me, and, and so we, we do this podcast, and 
And his name is Andy. He's like, this is like my favorite podcast. Well, I, I've got to learn more about the Holy Spirit. And so he, he came. We had three nights on the gifts of the Spirit. He came to all three nights. And he was just on this adventure. And so I'm doing the Sunday night thing. And, and I'm like, you need to come to the Sunday night. So he comes to the Sunday night. Here's the whole teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When I call people forward to get prayer, he doesn't come forward. I'm like, well, why didn't you come forward? He said, eh, I don't I. So whole year goes past. He comes to it again. He's already heard it and doesn't come forward again. And I'm like, dude, what, what is with you? And I, I, I don't know. So a month later, he is praying by himself. And he, said, he just says, Father, I'm earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. That's what the Bible says. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire. I earnestly desire more. I earnestly desire. And a question comes into his mind. Will you speak in tongues? He's like, I guess so. Boom. He gets this prayer language and gets, gets filled with those. And then he calls over all of his leaders and trouble. Anyway, that's fine. Um, we're all on a journey. 